0: You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. What up, what up? You are listening to LOCKED on NBA Draft. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. And today's show, we're gonna talk about player comparisons or NBA comparisons for 2021 NBA Draft prospects. My guest for today is Max Feldman. Max has a website that he runs called Front Office Gurus, frontofficegurus.com. If you're interested in his his content, which is is very good, by the way, I mean, if I didn't think his content was top notch, I wouldn't have had him on the show, but Max is young and up and coming as far as knowledge base and, and this whole NBA draft world. So without further ado, Max Feldman, how's it going, Max?
0: I appreciate all that. Uh, great to be back. Looking forward to talking. One of the most interesting and fun uh, conversations I have is always the NBA draft prospects and their comparisons.
1: Yeah, a, a lot of people try to stay away from the comparisons because, well, you have to have confidence in your comparisons to put oh. it out there because you're definitely going to be criticized. And even myself, like I laugh at the old NBA draft.net comparison with the um, Sean Stevenson, the Michael Jordan um another one that I thought was pretty funny was um Justice Winslow to James Harden so I mean I've had my jokes about it too and I've I've done my own comparisons and of course I've been criticized for those too but yours is as in-depth of a player comps as I've seen so what made you decide to put out this comp and you know at, at this level of detail
0: yeah, so I think to start it off, I would definitely say I completely understand why people stay away from comparisons and how it can be really challenging to put those ideas out there and compare a guy, compare a guy who's eighteen years old to a NBA veteran, something like that. So I completely understand, and I've also had my run-ins with uh, critics last year. I compared, uh, I compared Cole Anthony to Austin Rivers as a floor, and I had Austin Rivers commenting on my posts, um, Delon really? Wright commenting on some posts last year where he was comparison. So it can definitely go one of two ways, but uh, I think comparisons can also be extremely useful because they can, instead of saying what type of ceiling a guy has, I think people have a really easy time latching on to, oh, his ceiling is a Drew Holiday, uh, whoever it might be. It's very easy to grasp. Um what they could be at the end of the day. And I think, as you asked, I use my comparisons largely to lay out what could be a long-term trajectory, either on the high end or the middle end or the low end, and also how a player might fit in terms of style of play. Because as we see every single year, a guy who plays in college could be a completely different player in the NBA. And I think comparisons uh, make it really easy and can do a good job of translating that idea.
1: Right. Tell me a little bit more about the Austin river situation, how he ended up commenting. Was he offended by it or what?
0: Oh, he was not happy with being a a floor comparison to uh, Cole Anthony. And uh, I I have no idea how he, how he found the account, how he found the post. I had 2000 followers on Instagram at the time. It was no like major article or anything like that. I posted probably 40 or 50 comparisons from my draft big board last year. And, DeLon Wright and somehow Austin Rivers both came back at being floor comparisons to two different prospects and were not happy at all.
1: Yeah, because I never thought of it from the end of the perspective of NBA players not liking the comparisons. I've always seen how, you know, if you don't compare a kid to an all-star, then everyone that's, like, in that kid's camp or his friends or supporters, they get offended. Like, I remember once comparing a player to P.J. Tucker, And it did not go over well. And I'm like, you know, like P.J. Tucker was an undersized center. He had to end up going abroad and expanding his range. But he's had a nice career. He's in his mid-30s. He's still playing. He still has a few more years of being a starter, or at least, you know, a high-level rotational player. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, not everyone is going to be an all-star. Not everyone is going to be compared to LeBron James or Kevin Durant like there's 450 guys you know give or take a few in the NBA not everybody's going to be compared to a top 10 or 20 players so I've understood it from that point I just never under, I never thought of it from the perspective of current players being
0: offended totally that idea of uh being critiqued for not having a comparison to an NBA all-star something like that is the exact reason why I started last year doing a floor, a floor comparison and a ceiling comparison, and like you said, like I expected that, like I expected people to get mad that I didn't have an all-star, blah blah blah. I would have never expected the floor comparison, who's verified on Instagram with hundreds of thousands of followers, to uh, clap back at me for making them a, a floor. But yeah, that, that has to
1: be pretty funny. I know you were probably shocked at that. I haven't had any negative interactions with any verified accounts or from players, I should say, verified yeah, accounts just, from players. But, but let's get right into it. All right, let's start with Kate Cunningham. Kate is, is um, you know, the number one prospect on a lot of people's boards. And who is your comparison for your ceiling and your floor?
0: yeah so how i decided to do it this year is more so not necessarily a clear-cut floor and ceiling but two different level players in terms of how they perform in the nba and what their stature is in the league um cade cunningham is one of the more difficult players to compare because you could say this about a lot of players but i i had a really hard time finding someone who's exactly like him with his size and athleticism but also the polish and playmaking so With the polish and playmaking and the the way he makes plays for others and rebounds the ball runs in transition, I went with the Luka Doncic just because when I talked about style of play to start, I think it can be very similar in terms of running the pick and roll, getting what he wants every single time down the floor. I think Cade is a better defender, and I think in terms of pure scoring, um, on his own, creating his own shot, I would maybe say that Cade is better at the same age than Luka. Um, The Grant Hill is more so his frame and their ability to make plays in the mid-range, just dynamic athletes getting to their, both phenomenal getting to their spots and that defense uh, for Grant Hill, obviously is incredible. I think Cade has the tools to be a phenomenal defender down the line.
1: That makes sense. I think Grant is much more dynamic of an athlete. Like his first step was, Incredible at that size. Yeah. I don't think Cade has the same level of athleticism, quickness, or just explosiveness as far as just off the dribble. But the combination of size and skill and being able to play like I mean, even today's NBA, maybe four positions. I I, I get yeah. that comparison from that aspect because I mean he's like I said six eight, he can be it, you're, he can initiate the offense. He can do so many things and make players better. So, But what you're saying, if you're comparing him to Grant Hill and Luka Doncic, is you're expecting rookie of the year, out the gate, 20 points, five rebounds, five assists, just off the rip as a rookie. Is that correct?
0: Totally. I think, I think that's directly uh, something that he can do next year. I think that's why people have been talking about him for years, and I think he showed that at Oklahoma state all year long is that he's a phenomenal prospect and literally can get whatever he wants and high IQ guy. I mean, there's a reason he's been at the top for a long time and I think he's only going to get better and better.
1: All right. Was there another player that you didn't have in your top two that he's, or you think he's comparable to?
0: Um, He was one of the, obviously, like I said, I had a really hard time with that one. Um, I think I did have this, I actually see right now. I had a little bit of Sean Livingston for a short time when he was coming to the league. I think just that size and the ability to handle the ball and uh, make plays for others. I think Cade's uh, numbers and production in terms of making plays for other others at Oklahoma State wasn't great this year, and I was pretty surprised by that. He was not as he didn't show off the playmaking as much as I expected, but he was also a far better scorer than I expected,
1: right. and um, shooter.
0: Yeah, for sure. He he surprised me in that way and he opened my eyes in a lot of ways. He made Oklahoma State a way better team than they probably would have been at the beginning of the year. So I'd say Sean Livingston in terms of that size and that handle, the athleticism at the age. Um, but that was really it. He's so unique. And like you said, he can do so many different things. It's really hard to take one or even two players and really get like an accurate look at what he can do.
1: Mine would be Atlanta Hawks, Joe Johnson. That would be another player that that I think that there are some similarities. All right, so let's move on to number two. I know you mentioned that, um, that Cade had been like the number one prospect for years, but the guy that a lot of people thought maybe four or five years ago was going to be the best player in this class, he kind of took a dip, and then now he's like right back up in that range is Evan Mobley. And I've seen quite a few comparisons and the comparisons that I've seen you have for him are pretty consistent with what I've seen on, on other different sites. So your comparisons are Anthony Davis and a right-handed Chris Bosh. Can you go into details why you chose those two particular players?
0: Yeah. So like you said, um, these two have been uh, two of the more common ones in terms of Evan Mobley, like- Like we said, he's been on the States for a long time. In terms of Anthony Davis, um, their measurements at the same age were pretty similar. Uh, I think Anthony Davis was an inch or two shorter and 10 pounds heavier, but uh, they looked, they were both super lanky. Um, That shot blocking, the ability to handle the ball when they just look like they should not be able to handle the ball at that size. Uh, The Chris Bosch one is one that I, I think I might like a little bit more just because of Mobley's flash as a floor stretcher at that age. Anthony Davis didn't have that quite as much. Um, Both elite athletes, um, two-way guys, extremely mobile. I think Evan Mobley is another guy that's just so unique. Um, There's not very many guys you can compare Evan Mobley to, I would say. and Anthony Davis is obviously that ceiling, and I would say Chris Bosh is not too far off either. So in terms of production next year and coming quickly, I would say the same thing with Evan Mobley, as I said, with Cade As I expect big numbers and big production pretty quickly. If you can stay healthy.
1: Yeah, clearly <laughs> you, you, yeah. you have him as a hall of famer <laughs> pretty much with this comparisons. All right. When we return, we'll talk about the two Jalen's, maybe even the three Jalen's that are projected to be high picks in this draft. We'll get Max's thoughts on a few other players. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props are almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts, promo code LOCKED ON. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, this is where it gets a little interesting because your comparisons for Jalen subs are a lot different than what I've seen online. You have Gilbert Arenas as a ceiling and Drew Holiday as a floor. Can you tell me how you came to the conclusion with those two players?
0: Yeah, I think with these high-level guys, the idea that I kind of laid out is that I don't necessarily believe that Drew Holiday is a floor for Jalen Suggs because that would be an incredibly high floor. But um, the reason I came upon these two pretty early on in this pretty early on in the season is Suggs with Drew Holiday to start his defense was phenomenal this year. Um, I think that stood out, and I. Th- I think people understand that. People see that. But I think it's one of the strongest traits in the entire draft field that people aren't paying enough attention to. Um, I think Jalen Suggs can be a locked-on defender of two position, both backcourt spots at the next level, just like Drew Holiday is. Even at his age now, he's still phenomenal, and he's not the least of liability offensively. Uh, makes his team better, can score on his own. Um, been one of those guys that's a fringe all-star for a long time. Uh, in terms of Gilbert Arenas, that is more of a ceiling. Um, I think he laid out that Suggs laid out that ability to score the ball at all three levels um, all season. And Gonzaga was dominated every game. So I think it would be a lot different if, if he was in a different situation. But I think he does have that high level scoring ability. Um, he's a natural scorer, can create on his own, can get to his spots pretty easily. and offensively I vote two ways I think there's not much to nitpick at all about Jalen Suggs that's interesting
1: because I had a conversation with a former front office exec he was a scout and um, he had mentioned this this was probably like two or three weeks ago he did not think Jalen Suggs was a good defender and I'm thinking like are, are you sure did, did you mean another Jalen did you mean Jalen Green Jalen Johnson? He said, no, he said that he did not think Jalen Suggs was a good defender at all. And then after the national championship game, he came back and was like, I told you he can't defend. He, he He's not a mm-hmm. good defender. And to the point where he was just adamant that Jalen Suggs is an overrated defender. Like everyone is looking at the steals and maybe the few highlight plays he has on defense and confusing it with being a a lockdown defender so to me that was pretty interesting that he was so adamant and has such a strong take which is the opposite of what most people are saying now as far as gilbert arenas it's that's an interesting comparison one that I, i've never seen and it's um i i get like the the first step in the speed aspect of it but do you think that he can become the level of shooter that gilbert was in his prime And and Gilbert is a guy that was pretty much self-made from a ridiculous work ethic. I mean, the stories are out there about how hard he worked on his game. I think it kind of gets overshadowed because of the, I guess, the silliness and goofiness that comes along with with his name and his personality. But he had just a crazy, crazy work ethic. And, And like I said, do you believe that Suggs would be able to develop into that type of streaky shooter? Like he's already streaky shooter in my opinion and the Iowa game where he had like seven out of ten is an example of him being like streaky and then he I don't even know if he shot like 33 percent from the rest of the season but Gilbert is a guy that can just light you up for 60 he was a threat to score 40 or 50 every time he stepped on the floor and this is when the NBA wasn't even playing at the pace it is today so you're your thought process is Suggs can develop into that type of score?
0: Yeah, so something that I did at the bottom of the article, if I'm not sure if you saw, but I actually compared the stats and the measurements of the prospect, the 2021 prospect, and then the comparisons, both of their last years in college basketball or pro or whatever it might have been. Yep. So I think in terms of your question, I think Jalen Suggs, probably won't turn into that score like I couldn't imagine that happening just because I think he feels a different role in the NBA today I think he is a primary ball handler. and I think he's more of a playmaker rather than a 20 points per game score and a high volume shooter from deep but I think it was one of those one of those like uh, prime examples of how I was really trying to not necessarily slide this prospect into oh he's gonna be Gilbert Arenas oh Evan Moby's gonna be Anthony Davis it was more trying to sandwich that idea of he's gonna do some of these things and I think he can do some of these things. But at the same time I don't think any of these guys are gonna be exactly like uh who right. they compare it to.
1: Yeah, it's not an exact science. All right, moving on to Jalen Green. Who are your comparisons for Jalen Green?
0: Yeah, this is one that uh, we talked about before, but I've seen so many uh, watching Zach Levine, watching uh, Jalen Green last year, I feel like seeing the way that he scores the ball so naturally, three-level score, obviously high flyer. Um, I see a lot of Zach Levine in him. I think he can be a better defender. Zach Levine's improved a lot defensively, but I think Jalen Green could probably be a better defender down the line. Um, The other comparison is Jason Richardson. That was more of that both fall in the – in the line of being an off-ball guy, that high-flying athlete, powerful athletes that can score the ball, efficiently score the ball in a a high amount of points in a very short time, that type of role.
1: Makes sense. What are your thoughts on as far as the Levine comparison and impact on winning?
0: Yeah, this is something that I feel very strongly about, and – most people still today have that strong top five in the 2021 draft class. And I still, from the beginning and probably till the end, will have Jalen Green as that fifth player, even though I've seen him as highest as two for a lot of people. Um, he's incredibly talented. He's incredibly skilled. He's probably He is the best athlete in this draft class. Um, he's going to be a blast to watch. But in terms of championship-level winning basketball, I don't think Jalen Green's ever going to be a best player on the a, on a championship team in the NBA. Uh, I'd say the same about Zach Levine. I'd say the same. I said the same exact thing about Anthony Edwards last year. Item is my seventh or eighth ranked player in the class. All phenomenal uh, bat players in their own right. All phenomenal scores. All will be probably 20 plus point scores in the NBA in terms of Anthony Edwards and Jalen Green. But it's not something that I would ever put all my stock into rebuilding. If it's, if somehow at the fifth spot comes a team that's not necessarily rebuilding and building around their pick this year, Jalen Green's a great pick. Same with Anthony Edwards last year. But if I'm starting, starting fresh, uh, had a tough season the year before, as most teams in the lottery do, Jalen Green nece- necessar- wouldn't necessarily be my guy in the top three or four. Gotcha. And you know what's interesting
1: is that when you make a comment saying – that I don't think player A is going to be the best player on a championship-level team, for whatever reasons, people look at that as a knock, as a negative. And I'm like, no, it's not a negative. I mean, you you think about guys like Kyrie Irving was Robin on a championship-level team. You can say Anthony Davis was Robin on a championship-level team. You can say for, what, a couple titles that Dwayne Wade was a Robin. You can say at one point Kobe was a Robin or Shaq was a Robin. However you spin it, Scottie Pippen was a Robin. It's not a negative, but for whatever reasons, when you say, yeah, I don't think, you know, a championship level team, this player is going to be the best player. I don't know why it just offends so many people because it's really not
0: an an insult. Completely agree.
1: Before we go on to Kaminga, I wanted to get your thoughts on, Jalen Johnson. Now, this was probably the most interesting comparison that I've seen. I won't even mention the names. I'll let you mention them first.
0: Yeah, so it's funny you mentioned this after going through the whole list of, I think, over 40 prospects. Is This was actually one of my favorite ones to make because usually when I'm making comparisons, I'm very strict about, not very strict, but I always try to stay very close in terms of their measurements and how big they are. But I compared Jalen Johnson to DeMar DeRozan and then Jabari Parker. And I think Jabari Parker one, I think people could probably see pretty quickly. That makes a lot of sense. But the DeMar DeRozan one is Jalen Johnson's three inches bigger than him. Uh, They either weigh around the same or Jalen Johnson already weighs more. But the way that they're dynamic in the mid-range, their handle for their size. And DeMar DeRozan, many people know this, plays big. For the Spurs and has played big for a lot of his career. He's played the four spot. And I think Jalen Johnson fits that role of being a creator at that three or four spot and just being incredibly unique. Um, Any team that's putting Jalen Johnson into a starting lineup eventually down the line, he still has a lot of raw parts to his game, but it's going to take a unique fit. He's going to have to have unique things around him. And I think. That happens with DeMar DeRozan has happened throughout his career. Um, Jabari Parker hasn't panned out the way that most thought, including myself, but he also has brought a lot of that mid-range finesse, that polish, um, high flyers, all three, Jalen Johnson, Jabari Parker, and DeMar DeRozan, all high-flying athletes, powerful athletes. Um, This was really one because the sizes aren't exactly accurate and comparable, Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of play style, this is one that I felt strongly about and thought was pretty unique as well. All right, so my comparisons were ceiling. Best
1: base, best best case scenario for Jalen Johnson is a poor man's Ben Simmons. And I don't think mm-hmm. he's the playmaker as Ben Simmons. I don't think you can actually run him as your, your point like Philadelphia did at, at one point. But I, I, that was kind of like my best case scenario as, again, a poor man's Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. And then my floor or another comparison I had would be 2000, I want to say 16, 17 Miami heat version of James Johnson. And, you know, I didn't want to compare him to like James Johnson overall for his career, but the way Mm -hmm. Miami used him in that particular season, and it was the season that he got paid. I don't know if he was motivated. I don't know if it was the, you know, the Miami heat way that you hear about, but for whatever reasons, that was his best season. And another comparison for James Johnson is I had a chance to watch him play. Man, I don't know. It's probably like 10 years ago. And it was after he left Chicago. I don't know where he went after that, but he was in the G League at, at one point in time. And he played for the Rio Grande, uh, yeah, Rio Grande Valley Vipers, which is the Houston Rockets affiliate. And that was my first time really seeing him showcase his full skill set. Like, he literally played one through five. He defended the ones. He ran the point guard, but he could also defend the fives. And he just dominated the G League without putting up, like, ridiculous numbers. But just his versatility made him such a weapon. And I think a best-case scenario for Jalen Johnson is um, he's somewhere in between those two because I think he can be used as a weapon. I think he can be used as a a guy that you play at the four and he can make plays for others at the four. I think he can, you know, he's shown, you know, the ability to rebound. And I mean, although it was just one game, I want to say it was against Coppin state. That was probably one of the better performances I've seen all season long, even though it was really early in the season and it wasn't against like a strong but it was like 19 and 19 and 4 but then you know he had games like against I think it was Michigan State where it didn't look like he did anything but overall I just think he can be used as a weapon that rebounds that defends that can run the floor in transition that can lead the break I think his swing skill is his outside shooting but I really like him as a prospect I think he's going to have a lot of questions to answer about like his character and, and you know just the fact that he left Duke early and then, you know, it's going to be a question about, you know, his high school career and because he went to multiple schools. But anyway, that's not here or there. But I, I do see a combination of Ben Simmons and James Johnson as, as his best uh, comparison, in my opinion. But this is why I wanted to have you on the show, because, you know, it would be boring if we agreed on everything. So I, I yeah, did not want to turn it into totally. a debate, but we can follow up in a year or two to see which comparisons are a little bit more accurate. So before uh, we move on, I wanted to get Kaminga. I kind of skipped over, you know, most people's consensus top five, but the the Jalen Johnson one was, was the one that I had like circled as the one that I wanted to uh, hear you talk about. So with Kaminga, you have Kawhi Leonard, and then you're also comparing him to Patrick Williams, who's probably like a year or two older. And I, I think that's that's pretty similar. I would, I would say if I were, well, I would say like this, if I were in charge of Kaminga's development, I would be more so studying Jalen Brown and Kawhi Leonard. But what are your thoughts on Kawhi, or I'm sorry, Kaminga being compared to Leonard and Patrick Williams?
0: Yeah, this was another one that uh, in terms of play style, and obviously, like you said, development is something that You'd love to see out of Kaminga. I also like the Jalen Brown one. I think they're a little bit different, and I think Jalen Brown is a better defender probably at the same age, and feels a little bit of an off different off-ball role, but um, their mid-range game, the way that they handle the ball, and we've seen it a lot out of Pat Williams this year, um, I think there would be a lot to compare in terms of how they translate pretty quickly. Um, they, I think Kaminga will have his bumps in the road early, He has a lot of raw parts of his game, but one of those things that jumped out for me last year in the process I was a huge Patrick Williams guy Mm -hmm. was that that role and the two-way production is something that when we were just talking about Jalen Green, something that can't be part of, like, can't be one of the key parts of a championship winning team. I think these guys, Patrick Williams, Jonathan Kamega, and obviously Kawhi Leonard has done, like, been at the top, but I think it's something that's very key for championship-level teams. Um, Being able to guard multiple positions, we see how sought-after wings are that can go two ways these days. And I think Kaminga is next in line for that. Um, Kawhi Leonard will be the peak in terms of development and watching that. But I love Kaminga. I've told you this before. I think he's still being uh, pushed down a little bit further than he should be. He's the second... He's either the second youngest or the youngest prospect in the field, and I think uh there's a lot, a lot coming from Jonathan Kaminga. So do you have him as, like, number three or two on your board? Yeah, my new uh, May edition big board dropped yesterday, actually. I have him at four. I have Jalen Suggs at the three spot, but I've bounced back and forth a ton between Kaminga and Suggs at that spot.
1: Which is fair. I mean, I think a lot of people – From draft, you know, nerds and
0: NBA teams
1: are going to have the same, you know, the same opinions who, who's three or who's four. I think one, at least for the most part, is solidified. I have Mobley, too. But anyway, I, I think two through five can can be interchangeable. And when we return, I'll get Max's opinion on NBA comparisons for a few other guys that I feel like are projected to be selected in the lottery. If you've been listening to the Locked On Network, then you know we've been telling you about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar on the market. We've been telling you about this for quite a while, but if you haven't, Built Bar is this amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein protein bar that is 100% chocolate on each and every bar and if you missed it we had what we call built bar madness which was like a NCAA tournament style competition between all of the built bars and the champion was coconut brownie chunk over mint brownie chunk it was a tough competition but if you missed it and you didn't vote or you have another opinion you can try all the different flavors go to builtbar.com or at bar underscore built on twitter Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And now you can see, if you disagree with the champion, you can decide which is the best tasting protein bar. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's your classic car or your daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog it's a unique and remarkably easy catalog to navigate quickly you can see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and prices you prefer. And the best thing about rockauto.com is the prices are always reliably low, whether you're a professional or you're a do-it-yourselfer. Go to rockauto.com right now and you can see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. We have scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts like myself. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This this topic is so it's so interesting to me that this show could end up being like an hour long, but we're we're in our last segment and we're definitely going to have to do a part two. So I have a few others that um, I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on. All right, let's start off with Sharif Cooper. Not sure if he's a lottery pick or not, but what are your comparisons for Sharif Cooper?
0: Yeah. So my comparisons for Sharif Cooper was something that was also a really hard time to, distinguish um, and,
1: and that's why I am like putting you on the spot right now because I know he's a tough comparison
0: totally and I think with a lot of the guys that we've talked about already Sharif Cooper is one of those guys that when you look at his measurement and you look at his uh his frame Auburn listed him at 6-1 and everyone says and I would agree there's really no way he's probably 6-1 um, he's a really small prospect but the way he impacted the game and made Auburn the team that they were when he came back Um, he's dynamic. He's a phenomenal creator. He has a lot of different things to him in terms of creation, in terms of finding his own shot and uh, making plays for others. I compared him to Chris Paul and Darius Garland. I think at this stage, Darius Garland is probably more clear um, in terms of trajectory. I think Chris Paul is, like I said, with Kawhi Leonard on the last one, it's the extreme high end. Um, But Sharif is... An absolutely phenomenal creator. He has a lot of things to work on in terms of his three-point shooting, um, efficiency. He turned the ball over a little bit too much, but he didn't have an overwhelming amount of talent around him. Um, Defensively, his question marks, Chris Post turned into a very strong defender with his narrow size purely based on instincts and IQ and just knowing the game better than the guy he's going against. Um, Darius Garland's still working on it. He's been and a hot name on the nba front even though the cavaliers have been pretty bad Darius garland's showing a lot recently the second half of the season um i think a team will love sharif cooper he's going to take a few years in terms of physical development and being able to uh display that creative ability but i think he's got a sky high ceiling and like you said he might not be in the lottery right now but it wouldn't be su- surprise me for a team who needs another creator to take sharif cooper earlier than people probably think
1: all right i'm just gonna throw some names out at you scotty barnes so for for me like draymond green like poor man's draymond green is what i've seen but yours is scotty pippen i'm gonna need yeah to this is another one that's a little
0: <laughs> a little bit more eye-catching i've seen a draymond green one a ton and i think it makes a lot of sense just because the shot is a little scary and it's something that i have pushed him down throughout the season just because shooting the ball to the level that he shot that he shot the ball in one year at florida state is certainly something that's scary but watching him play defense is is i've never enjoyed watching someone play defense at the college level to the level that i have enjoyed watching scotty barnes at florida state i love leonard hamilton i love florida state prospects every year it's something that i notice, but scotty barnes defensively and his ability to run in transition grab rebounds um his motor's crazy his competitiveness jumps off the screen every time i see him um like i said the scotty pippen one is his length uh his defense his ability to handle the ball and run in transition the other one was a right-handed thaddeus young which is one that i actually like a ton and thaddeus young might not be a high ceiling guy but He's a phenomenal NBA player. Um, He's a guy that makes every one of his teams better. Great mid-post creator, great passer. um, Extremely smart. And I think Scotty has a lot of work to do on his shot and his polish and a lot of different details to his game. But his IQ and motor are off the charts, and that was the reason behind both those comps.
1: Yeah, I like how you explained that because, you know, just – if you just look at the page and you see Scottie Pippen and Thaddeus Young, you're like, that is a wide gap. But I thought you did a good job yeah. of, of explaining it. All right. So the next player I want to ask you about is I'm just kind of put you on the hot seat here. Keon Johnson.
0: Yes. This is another one that we've spoke briefly about. Um, I compared Keon Johnson to Victor Oladipo and Kelvin Johnson and um, both extremely athletic off guards who have displayed a ton of phenomenal defense. Um, They have high ceilings. Victor Oladipo was an all-star at a certain point. Obviously, injuries got in the way, but in terms of scoring the ball, um, playing hard-nosed defense, guarding multiple positions, and locking down in terms of athleticism, and taking a little bit of that time to get a grasp on the feel for the game, the speed, and getting the IQ under their belts has been something that I think all three in terms of Keon Oladipo and Keldon have had to figure out. But I think that role on the off guard playing next to a, a creator, a high level playmaker is something that I see Keon fitting into. Um, Keldon and Oladipo are both extremely high rated prospects in their own right. And I'm a huge fan of Kelden Johnson. I think he's got a, a strong future ahead of him and obviously don't need it to speak for Oladipo he's a phenomenal talent also
1: yep. all right here's the last one for today again I definitely want to have you you back on Moses Moody now, this one is one I've been saving for last because I'm going to need you to explain <laughs> your comp here Chris Middleton and yes. CJ McCollum
0: different than uh a lot of the other ones i had two different uh like scaled players in terms of nba whether it's nba veterans or not but the way that moses moody scores the ball looking back on it now i like the chris middleton one in terms of how they scored the ball and their eventual nba fit actually more than the cj mccollum one um they both are different sizes. Uh, Moses Moody falls in the middle, I believe. Chris Middleton six eight, so a little bit smaller. But I love their ability to fluidly score the ball. Pure scorers, pure shooters um, at all three levels, specifically in the mid range. Great mid range, great pull up games. Um, the way that they both don't rely on their athleticism, it's almost we were coming off of a Keon Johnson. It's almost the exact opposite. How uh, they're both all three of these guys are so pure. Um, coming into the league, they've all been so polished and have that shooting stroke. I think all they're all very highly rated players. And I think uh, IQ is also a big part of that. So I would, looking back on it now in the postseason, I made these a few months ago. I think I liked uh, the Chris Middleton one a bit more, but CJ McCollum yeah. has a lot of those same tools in, in terms of fluid scoring.
1: Yeah, I just think they score in totally different ways. I mean, CJ is a phenomenal, phenomenal shot creator. Very dancy with the ball, A-plus ball handler as far as his ability to just kind of get to a spot. And uh, I don't see that in, in Moody, but I, I definitely see Moody as more so of a 3 and D guy that at his best case scenario, I think he could be like a Chris Middleton. Yeah, but like the CJ McCollum one, it was interesting to me just because I personally don't see it. But that's the reason why I wanted you on because I wanted you to explain why you saw what you see or just, you know, basically tell me your thoughts on it, which, I mean, I thought you've done an excellent job. And like I said, I want to have you on for, for another part because, I mean, there's a lot of prospects that you've taken time to 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 break down and make comparisons. So you have the platform here on on locked on nba draft to um you know to to take a deeper dive into your comparison so i appreciate you for coming on once again this is rafael barlow you're listening to locked on nba draft with my guest max feldman where can they find you at on social media
0: yeah so i appreciate all that first off but uh i can be found at at max feldman six on twitter and then On Instagram or Twitter as well at Front Office Gurus.
1: All right, Front Office Gurus is it's his own site. I mean, they have big boards, mock drafts. They even have NFL mock drafts. They have forecasts. I mean, he has his own model that we'll get into in another episode. He does high school basketball. I mean, this guy. is is, uh definitely a worker puts in the time and he's passionate about this and his project so i wanted to to give him a platform to to explain a little bit of what what he's doing so thanks again it's Raphael, max feldman we are out